Welcome back to the Carousel, your number one show uh, for college basketball rumors, news, and scoop on coaching changes happening during the offseason. We're getting there. It's March officially, March 2nd, uh, the best month of the year. Brian, Brian. good afternoon. Good morning. How are you, sir? I'm well. I'm well. Looking forward to it. It's March and uh, no better time, especially this March. You feel like every March is the best March <laughs> as far as tournament, as far as unpredictability, uh, same with jobs. So, yeah, excited for March. Always am. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as always, we're here on the show to discuss kind of rumors and, and, and shine light on people, um, not to sit here and, and speculate over who's going to lose their job, what jobs will open. Uh, when jobs open, we'll discuss them right away. And that's what we're going to do today. So, B, let's get started, man. We talked about this last week. Uh, Maine came open, um, yes. and usually we're so good at like immediately talking about uh, who's in place as the interim head coach because we're always as former coaches, we're always rooting for those guys. Of course, we failed we failed to do that last week. So so talk a little bit about Jay Stedman, um, the interim head coach at Maine. Yeah, Jay Stedman actually had the same uh, really tragic situation that happened last year. We know what happened with uh, Coach Lou Hill. Great coach. They were winning the conference at the time in the whack and or and uh, unfortunately passed away. And then shortly after that, Jay was named the interim there. Way difficult situation. Um, I don't think they had intentions to to have given him an opportunity to keep it necessarily, but uh, he's getting the chance to do it again, which is really awesome and rare in his business that you get a chance to do it. Uh, I don't know the whole story of what happened at Maine. To be honest. But I'm excited for Jay. Um, you see the locker room after their first win and how the guys kind of rallied behind him, which I think is always just a cool thing. Obviously, that's kind of a cultural norm now anyway to celebrate wins. But uh, to see how they celebrated that was really cool. And, uh, yeah, rooting for Jay to have an opportunity. You know, you never know how those things go, even if it's just for a year, similar to what Lavelle Sanders, who we had on last show. Uh, excuse my pause and freeze here. Um, Lavelle Sanders, who we had on last show, he had an opportunity to be the interim for a year or and see what happens, and then he earned the job. So uh, we're pulling for Jay, and hopefully he gets that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for those that don't know Jay, Jay is like one of the – first of all, one of the nicest dudes in the business. Number two, one of the hardest working guys. You always see him on the road. He always knows where to find players what type of players to bring into the program he's at. Um, he's just one of these guys that's been at it for years and years. He's a, he's a pro. Um, and he's just, you know, never really had that huge break. And hopefully this is it. Um, I know we talked at length about Anisha Curry, which would be amazing too, last week um, as the first female to potentially get a head, head job on the men's side. But would love to see Jay get that job as well. So um, we'll keep you posted on what happens at Maine. In the meantime, we had a big one open uh, yesterday uh, over in, uh, well, I guess it's outside of Boston at UMass. Uh, talk to us about that one, B. Yeah, just not able to quite get it going. Um, obviously, uh, known for the Calipari days back in the day with Marcus Camby and uh, the crew that they had there. So, you know, fans – Gets it's probably not the job that it was at that point in time, but still a really good job uh, in a great league, great basketball league. Uh, when they um, 
are winning, like a lot of places, they they do support it and they're behind it. So uh, there'll be some people trying to get a job like that in an A10. Yeah, no question. And I do think, though, it's like a harder job than people think. You know, the A10 is so good. So uh, good. And it's getting better yeah. next year, adding Loyola Chicago. That's right. That's right. It only gets better. You got Davidson, who is like year in and year out, so good. You got Dayton that has as good a um, program support from their community as anybody. And how about the job that Anthony Grant's doing this year, by the way? Um, 22 wins already this season in a, in a year that was supposed to be a rebuild. Um, right. Big so win last night. That's right. At the buzzer, uh, a little alley-oop play, baseline out of bounds. How about that? Big time X's uh, and O's right there. Let's go. Yeah. Shout out to Andy Barrow. So, but I think you're right, though. I think like people think UMass, oh, this is a great job because Calipari took them to the final four, lead eight, or whatever he took them to. Um, but it is a hard job. It is a very hard job. Obviously, Matt McCall had a ton of success uh, at his previous stop at Chattanooga, um, but wasn't able to get it done here uh, at UMass. Again, much harder job compared to its league. But let's talk about some names. There's been a ton thrown out. Yep. Um, what yeah, what names have you heard? I kind of listened to a uh, to like a little press conference or open conversation more or less yesterday around this job, just because I was interested. Um, and it sounds like uh, they will be able to maybe put some. They're looking to put some more finances to make this an even more higher paying job. Um, it sounds like recruiting base in the area is important to them. Sounds like they kind of hired outside of that with Matt McCall. Uh, he had the personality, so to speak, and the kind of the some of those other things, but didn't have the ties to the area and maybe didn't hire the staffing to help him with that. So um, that's kind of, again, those people's, the people at UMass, their uh, media people, that's what they had to say. So some of the names they mentioned was Kamani Young, which obviously a, a hot name right now, the awesome job he did in the win against Villanova, associate head coach at UConn would be great, has ties to that area. Uh, Bashir Mason, uh, who's done a tremendous job at Wagner, has won three conference titles there, um, has a chance to compete to go to the tournament. They finished second in the first place game against Bryant, which was really high level this weekend. Um, Grasso at Bryant, who was also a name mentioned, um, who would be a good one. Uh, I heard Autry at from Syracuse, maybe a name, and he may be the one getting Syracuse when Bayheim retires. So uh, then the other the other name, Jerry McNamara was brought up as, okay, well, if he's not getting the Syracuse job, then maybe he gets this job. So his name was mentioned, uh, Coach Carm, uh, at a friend of ours, uh, Coaches for Change, and Sienna, he's not gotten Coach of the Year yet. Uh, a friend of mine made sure I mentioned that because he's won the league and not been picked maybe to win the league, and then he didn't get picked to win the league this year, and they finished toward the top, so – Shout out to Coach Carm, doing a great job there. And then uh, the one in league that was pretty interesting that they brought up first was Mark Schmidt. And they felt like, um, you know, St. Bonaventure, he's maxed out everything you can do. It doesn't have the same kind of resources um, that UMass can have. So they can probably pay him a little bit more. And once he gets it going, uh, the fan base will be behind. Obviously, St. Bonaventure is behind him now. But uh, hard to mention people that are in jobs. But – that's what they brought up. So we mentioned it. All right, cool. I like it. I don't like the last name. I think that one's crazy and wishful thinking by the, the hometown media. But um, 
I think I think Coach Mason at Wagner. I'm a big fan of people that can win at hard jobs, and Wagner is a hard one. And Coach Mason has done that. Uh, Coach Carm at Siena, although Siena's a good job. Um, Jared Grasso, Brian, I like. I'll throw some other names out there that I've read, and then I'm going to give you some names that I personally like. Uh, I read Archie Miller this morning, of course, former Indiana coach that's been sitting out uh, working for ESPN this year. Um, I could see that one. I could see that one. Um, let's see. What else did I read? James Jones at Yale. Obviously done a tremendous job at Yale. Not an easy place to win in the Ivy League. I, I could see that one as well. And James Jones obviously doesn't, in my opinion, doesn't get as much credit as he deserves uh, and has been a proven winner over the course of like 20 years. Yep. Um, so I don't know why his name doesn't get thrown out more. Maybe you can attract him to UMass. I'm sure he could get, you know, a nice little pay raise um, taking that job. Although he de definitely has Yale going in the Ivy League at the moment. Um, another guy that gets mentioned, but for, for whatever reason, these these are my names now uh, that I think they should. Yeah, yeah, Griff, yeah. Griff Aldridge. At Longwood again. Yeah, they, they did mention him yesterday. They did. Oh, you did hear that one. Good. Okay. Yeah, he's had a hard job. Um, he was mentioned yesterday for being able to do what he's done at Longwood, and uh, and I think he would probably be good. I think the part that they were curious about is does the recruiting ties fit? And I don't know enough about his background, but well, well, yeah, he's a he's I would a say if you can win at Longwood. You probably can win at UMass. Yeah, well, yeah, no doubt. And it's they're both in the Northeast. I mean, Longwood, Virginia. I don't know if you consider that the Northeast or not, but I do. Uh, plus, he's got a lot of, uh, from what I understand, I think he's got a lot of Northeast prep school ties. Yeah, I think um, that's what they're saying. But the other guys, uh, Shaheen Holloway at St. Peter's is yep. a guy that I think should be mentioned. Uh, our guy Rob Jones at Norfolk State, who has done nothing but win at the highest level, as yep. you would know better than anyone be. Um, yeah. Went down there. Yeah, you did your your documentary on Inside Access, behind the scenes for yeah. one of the most successful programs in college basketball. So, yeah, I don't know why his name doesn't get thrown around, but he's certainly deserving, uh, proven winner in that region of the country. And I don't know if this fits from a profile standpoint uh, in terms of uh, the type of school, uh, compared to, you know, the academic profile, I should say, but how about Matt Langle, what he's done at Colgate winning mm -hmm. that league Colgate, another very hard job now done it again. I know two years in a row. Crazy, crazy Colgate guys, Colgate yeah. winning, winning conference championships. So if you can do that, you can coach now I Colgate is a high academic school and yeah. like they're recruiting to a certain profile and, when you think UMass, I'm sure it's a great institution, but it's not, I don't think, you know, like that Ivy League, Patriot League type academics. So, um, yeah, they brought up uh, somebody mentioned your your guy, uh, our guy, but your guy in particular, Adam Cohen, yesterday. Um, they talked about him being an academic guy and maybe being at a, and that's when somebody saw, talked about West Coast. Uh, but he's like, yeah, but he has ties. So, yeah, yeah, but Adam Cohen is from Buffalo, New York. That's what he said. He spent time um, uh, there at Harvard, spent several years at Harvard. So, yeah, that one would make sense as well. Um, the hard part is like, you know, I think you made a good point. Somebody who's won at hard jobs, when you when you had somebody who's just struggled the way that they struggled and they, they really want to get it going, um, 
they feel like it's a critical hire. So I, I would bet my guess is um, that they're going to hire somebody who's already sitting in that seat or has sat in that seat. I don't think they're going to hire a first time head coach. In my personal opinion, just from listening yesterday to their media people talk about it, it sounds like this is a really big hire for the AD, really big hire for the program to kind of get back going. Uh, as you, we mentioned, the, the league is getting harder and harder. Uh, they mentioned some of the teams at the top of the league, resource-wise, Dayton, VCU, St. Louis, uh, and just trying to compete. You can get in that next conversation hiring the right coach, but if you don't, then you may be stumbling down and then other people continue to gain ground. So I would bet they hire a sitting head coach is my guess. Or, yeah, although, or a previous head coach. Yeah, yep. Although, going back to when Matt McCall got the job, um, I don't know if you remember, but so Matt was the head coach. He was a sitting head coach at UT right. Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Um, and obviously his tenure has come to an end there. Um, so that didn't work out. But before uh, before that, they offered the job and the job was accepted. I don't know if you remember this. Yep. Pat Kelsey agreed yep. to take the job. Yep. Uh, and that would have been his first head coaching job. I think he was out of the business, right? Or was he at, I'm, I'm pretty uh, sure he was at that point. I thought he was at Winthrop at the time, he, but I don't, I don't, I think he was at Winthrop at the time. Was he already back at Winthrop? Okay. I couldn't remember if he had been out and hadn't taken that Winthrop job yet, or if he was maybe one year into Winthrop, but, um, yeah, that was, so that just to give you an idea of where the AD Ryan Bamford, who shout out to him, spoke at the, the, the first and only rising ad's conference back in like 2014 maybe um at the time he was an assistant ad now he's now he's the man in charge the boss at umass so we'll see where he goes um but that gives you a little insight to what he was gonna do several years ago pat kelsey matt mccall was attracted to those kind of young up-and-coming head coaches um so we'll see if he does something similar here um another one in the northeast lafayette uh coach o'hanlon announced that he's going to retire at the end of the season uh as decorated of heck of a head coach as ever in the patriot league 27 years there which is an unbelievable achievement a lot of times when you see that you see a, an assistant coach take over but sometimes you know a school will look to bring in fresh blood right. um what are, what are your thoughts here on the lafayette job uh you know what i think there's been some success in uh hiring some of the high major assistants that have been in academic places. Um, so and Adam Cohen, uh, Tavares Hardy's had some great success at, uh, he came from Georgetown, Northwestern Georgia Tech. Uh, so I would think something like that seems like uh, maybe somebody with some, some of that young new blood energy uh, to come in and maybe hasn't had an opportunity to be a head coach, but just can, um, yeah, revitalize the program in a different way. Not that it necessarily needs it, but, just do it in a different way. But, I mean, there may be somebody on staff there, too. I don't know enough about their staff, to be honest. Uh, there may be someone on staff there that maybe they have some kind of plans to slide over a seat, too. You know, like you said, we always love to see that. So the Patriot League is a different niche. So it has to be somebody who understands that niche and can embrace that niche and can thrive in it. Yeah, no question. And um, along those lines, a couple guys that I just will throw out um you mentioned Kamani Young earlier um Luke Murray also on that UConn staff he's a name that gets seems to get thrown around every year for head jobs and hasn't landed one yet but maybe this is the one for him uh and our guy Brian Eskildson over at Harvard assistant coach at Harvard he's been with coach Amaker for 
close to 10 years now. Yep. Uh, it's been a big part of their success. One of the original rising coaches guys, uh, by the way. Um, but obviously familiar with that Northeast area um, at one of the highest academic institutions uh, in the world. So um, would love to see him get a shot at something like that. Yeah. Adam Cohen too. You mentioned him. He's another guy that fits that. So we'll, we'll see what, what happens there at Lafayette. Um, and uh and go from there yeah i wouldn't be surprised to try, to try to get somebody who's um had some like i said had some success like you said at, at a high academic school let's see what let's see what the chain of command uh by stadium has as far as the rank they have them ranked seventh overall in the patriot league now this is an older this is a few years ago now. you know how i feel about these stadium rankings i'm not a fan of them i don't oh, yeah. think they're yeah. talking about no it's disrespect just, Jeff it's, it's just simply for context but <laughs> uh, they, they base this on uh, history slash tradition, media exposure, game atmosphere, budget resources, buy games, recruiting base, facilities, and being able to sell pros. So it looks like as far as at this time, uh, they are 10th in budget and resources, which is dead last in the league at Lafayette. Uh, they're also ranked ninth in facilities, according to this, and eighth in media exposure. So those ones kind of hurt them on their ranking based on this. But uh, so I would say you probably need somebody who's going to be a go-getter that can their sleeves and maybe a younger guy who's, uh, you know, has some innovative and creative ways. So for context too, like Loyola at the time, the same league, we just mentioned Tavares Hardy, they're ranked ninth out of 10th. Now Colgate is actually ranked 10th on here at this time. So shows you that, you know, you get the right guy in place, you can win despite the rankings. We know that. Yeah, and I would say too another thing because what does Lafayette pay? What do you think? Just take a stab at it. Two fifty tops. I mean, tops, I right? That. If, it, if it pays that, it's pretty good. It, it probably. That, I would say that's tops. It probably pays around two hundred thousand, which for some of these high major assistants that we mentioned is like a pay cut, you know, or close to it. Um, that's how some of these low major jobs are. And so the other thing you can do though that I'm also a big fan of is, is you find a small college head coach that has been a proven winner in that region right. and give them the opportunity. Um, you've seen that work at several schools um, and there's a ton of great coaches at the small college level in the Northeast. So that would be another, op another route that you could go down um, when you've got a, when you've got a low resource job like that. Right. Um, Okay, let's let's move over. Let's we've talked about this job before, but let's let's talk a little Illinois State here. Have you heard anything new there? Um, we've we've uh, talked about things in the past. No, pretty quiet. Uh, I really haven't dug into that one much, and don't know a ton of anything new. To be honest, uh, I know they wanted to get ahead of it, so they did. Uh, it's a little bit of a different timing. I know people have Aaron and I and you all had mixed opinions on it, but uh, that's what they chose to do. So I'm assuming that they're uh, getting ahead of the game to target somebody in specific. So uh, again, I'm I'm imagining somebody with ties to the area. Uh, I think they may very well go with a high major assistant uh, at a job like this. It is a it is a high profile job. It is a job that is one that uh, you can win at and has a great winning tradition. So uh, yeah, any names come to mind on that one? Yeah, a couple, a couple names that I read uh, earlier today, and this is from a. They do a good job. Their, their media really covers this extensively. Uh, Steve Prome is a name we've talked about on this show before. Yep. And as, you know, potentially a front runner for the job, Scott Nagy 
um, over at Wright State. Um, kind of a, I mean, it's a step up for sure from Wright State, although Wright State's a very good job. But yep. Scott, Scott Nagy's as good as it gets. Um, Ryan Pedon, we had a few people chime in last week after we talked about the job, saying they've heard his name. Of course, the assistant young up-and-comer at Ohio State. Um, Sadie Washington. How do you say? Is it Sadie or Sadie Washington? Sadie Washington, right? I mean, yeah, I think so. Yeah, over at over at Michigan, uh, tremendous, tremendous basketball mind, great communicator, um, and then uh, Roger Powell Jr. over at Gonzaga, who's got ties to the school. I think his father played there, is from that area, um, and then I'll throw a name out there. How about Preston Spradling over at Moorhead State? Two years in a row, getting Moorhead above twenty wins. Not easy to do in Moorhead, Kentucky, where there is nothing out there. No disrespect no, I've, to my people at Moorhead, but I've been, uh, I've definitely been. So chain of command. We'll go back to this just for again reference. Uh, that in the valley at this time, uh, number one job in the league. So, yeah, it's a really good job. Yeah, That's number one game atmosphere, number one budget, number one recruiting base, number one selling pros, two in media exposure. It may have changed a little bit now with Loyola, but Loyola is leaving the league, so. Uh, Illinois State is a premier job in the Missouri Valley. And so, yeah, you definitely would think that they'll be able to get just about anybody that they want that wants to be at that level. So Steve Frome is the name I've heard a lot of before. Haven't really followed up much on this one, but a high-level job. Like I said, I think there's people probably – the good thing about it being open early is people that have interests are probably reaching out to them via their agent or whatever else. So – they probably have a pool that may include some people they may not have thought. Yeah, for yeah. sure. All right, B, there's a couple other jobs still out there. Sacramento State opened. Um, I'll just mention a couple a couple of our rising coaches guys that would, would love to see. This is a not good job. Um, Brian Katz did a great job over, I think, 20-plus seasons there. Um, but Marlon Stewart over at Oregon State, would love to see him get that opportunity. He's got a ton of experience on the West Coast as well as Adam Cohen and Jesse Pruitt, both at Stanford, uh, not far from Sacramento. So would love to see it go to one of those guys. But again, very challenging job. Uh, really, really tough one. Um, so whoever gets it is going to have big shoes to fill. With I'm going to be a little bit lost. Trying to carve out an opportunity. What you got going on over there, B? You watching some YouTube videos on the side? Well, every time, every time I keep pulling up the chain of command, it has a video coming up. So I'm trying to pull up the new league, and they try to advertise. I'm like, I don't want your advertising. <laughs> um, um, well, of course, again, March second, about this time next week, I'm sure we'll have about five more to talk about. Um, lots opening up, but it is conference tournament time this week, next week. So really, getting into like. Truly the best time of the year for basketball fans. Yeah. I'm excited, man. What what games you got anything left on your broadcast schedule or what? I do. I got two left. I got one tonight. I was gonna say on Big Sky as I pull up and interrupt you. So excuse me for that. Big Sky Conference, they have uh, Sacramento State of eleven teams, they have them ninth. Which I'm a yeah. little surprised it's as high as that. But Idaho State, they have below it. Southern Utah, they have below it, Sacramento State. So not uh, traditionally a great gig. They do have at this time when they made this their recruiting base and their buy games. They have them rated number two. And some things that obviously location uh, sounds like their buy game situation may be pretty decent. But um, yeah, I don't know if they have plans there. I think they're in the I'm trying to think big sky. They're in the bottom third. I think they're maybe 
third to last. Um, so they're, I think they're actually in the place. They're in ninth of 11 teams right now. Um, so I don't know that they're going to give coach the job that's there. Um, pull them for you if, if they give you the opportunity. But I would bet after a long time of all this happening and then not having success this year, it may be tricky. You know, uh, hopefully, again, they give them a year. Ever like to see guys get out of a job that put in the work to help build it, but um, not sure what direction they go. But speaking of on the West Coast, before we talk about games, Seattle made the big hire. So let's talk about that one. Yeah, finally, uh, Chris Victor gets the nod from interim to permanently be named head coach. Of course, he took over um, after Jim Hayford stepped down at the uh, in the preseason after some controversy. It sounds like he may have used some abusive language and practice uh some racially charged language so um sometimes from those terrible situations comes an opportunity for somebody and obviously chris was ready for it they've had a great season uh they're in first place in the league um so congratulations to chris for uh earning that job yeah they're they're uh they're in second right now they have a chance to still get first place depending on how it goes tonight. New Mexico State has sole possession right now of first place. If they're able to beat Stephen F. Austin, who is on fire right now, so it'll be a big-time game tonight, um, then New Mexico State wins it. But if New Mexico State happens to lose um, and they lose Saturday, it could be a three-way tie depending on some things. So Seattle still has a chance. In the WAC um, chain of command, they have them the third-best job. So a really good job the coach has been able to secure. He's done a really good job with it and just got to tip your hat because those situations are not easy. I don't know if you've ever coached an interim. I have. Those situations are not easy. You've been an interim head coach? I haven't been the interim head coach, but oh, I've been okay. staff where the coach was interim. And yeah. it's All right, come on. Give us some story time. <laughs> where were you at? Where were you at and what was the situation? Yeah, I was at IUPY at the time uh, before they hired Matt Crenshaw. And Jason Gardner had unfortunately got into a situation where he was no longer the head coach. Um, so they moved everybody up a seat. And yeah, just it's just difficult because there's a lot of moving parts. Um, obviously, when you're already there, it does help when you have some. And, and the coach that they moved up was already there. But um, again, it's hard to win big, though. And so credit to Coach Victor because he's been able to compete for a championship and uh, they have a chance to go to the tournament. You know, I think that's the biggest thing. So uh, he's done a good job keeping them together and they're playing for him. And uh, he does a good of a job as you can do. So I'm, shout I'm out always, to that. Yeah, I'm always curious about this, but yeah, I want to hear your thoughts on it. Like when you when you get that interim job and it's midseason, you know, you kind of are faced with the challenge of, you know, do you change up what you're doing as a program to make it your own? Right. Or do you stick with what you're doing so that there's some continuity and you're not starting yeah. over in the middle of the year. Yeah. So I think most of these situations, they happen like right before the season starts. But like you said, everything's in place as far as your off season, usually your preseason, um, if not just your summer I'm and what you did sure the year before. So uh, thanks Siri for chiming in. Um, so, yeah, I would say it's being decisive is super important. Being indecisive is very hard. So in being decisive, Usually you want to keep some elements probably of what you already did just to further familiarity. They're already good at it to an extent if they are good at it, but you do have to put your own, 
you have to put your own spin on it. I think it's really important to not try to be somebody else because you may not get that chance again. So while you have it, make it your own. That's the best thing I can say. Figure out how to use the personnel, make it your own, but do it with conviction because if you're changing all the time and not sure, then that's usually not good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, um, I've never been on a, I've been fired plenty of times, but I've never been part of a staff that had that change happen mid season and, uh, and be involved with the interim. But when I was at Clemson, I was there when Dabo Sweeney became the interim head coach of the football oh, yeah. program. Yeah. And so I got to get a, a front row seat for seeing how he approached that. And it was really pretty fascinating. He went, Super. Uh, he probably took over three games into the season, I think. Super they fast. I've just yeah, heard the story. So, yeah, share that with us. Well, they let Coach Bowden go and and um, gave Dabo the job, and he was the wide receivers coach and, like, co-offensive coordinator. So it, it, was, it wasn't like he was this big next obvious right. guy up. Right. But he really came in and made it his from day one. And, and he really um, – you know, I, I think he – in the press conference, even from the press conference now, I think he was really respectful to Coach Bowden and thanked him. But it was like, you know, he got that piece said, and then it was like, this is my, this is how I am going to run our program. This is what I believe in. This is what we're going to be about. Um, and he really made it his from the jump. And even little things, man, this was fascinating to me. Their office, the football office, was like in the corner of a building. And like uh, up against the parking lot where like the, all the administrators are parked yeah. and all the coaches would park. Yeah. And that thing was always like blinds closed. You never, ever could see in there. And as right. soon as like Dabo got the job, that thing was wide open all the time. You could yeah. always like, you know, it's just a small little change, but it's like you see him working. You know, you every day you see him in there working. And he was everywhere. He was at every like softball game, tennis yeah. match, like, the dude was really worked it. Um, so I do think, like you said, I think you're exactly right. Like these opportunities don't come along and they may not come along again. So if you get the opportunity. Got to make it your own. Yeah, your even, own. Talk, even talking to Lavelle before he came on with us, Sanders, and his, because he was there as well the year before. And, you know, it wasn't so much about the signs or the poster, but it was like in his own personality, implementing that within the program and the culture and, kind of, you know, having his own pillars and his own things that they believed in and they were going to uh, play by. So I think that's super important to have a clarity and a vision because players just want direction. And if they feel like you're inconsistent or you're trying to figure out what you're trying to do, then they sniff through all that. And it's just like it's, it's hard for them to buy in. They want to be able to buy in and believe in as soon as possible. Um, I did get a name uh, on my phone. Uh, I guess the phone lines are hot now that we're live again. The phone yeah, lines are hot. Absolutely. Uh, Roger Powell from Gonzaga for Illinois State. Played yeah, we mentioned that one. When you talk yeah. about Roger, yep, absolutely. Illinois, so it looks it looks like that's maybe a name that's getting some steam. Yes, you did mention it, but I just it sounds like it's in there maybe getting a little steam. So we'll see. It would be great to see him there. Uh, obviously, the Gonzaga tree. Shout out to Boise State in the Gonzaga tree. Coach Leon Rice. They just won the Mountain West last night. Um, Long Long Beach. Dan Munson is competing for. Their conference championship, them in Fullerton, Dedrick Taylor. Uh, so shout out to them. And then uh, who else is in the Gonzaga tree? I mean, Wyoming technically. Tommy Lloyd. Tommy Lloyd, I was going to say that next. Wyoming uh, was going to say two. But Tommy Lloyd, yeah, he's killing it. He's number two in the country. Yeah, or 
So, yeah, I, I think the Gonzaga tree speaks for itself. So, Roger Powell would be a great hire. We'd love to see that. Um, all right, B, tell us your last. You got two regular season games left. What yeah, I got a women's game tonight. Wyoming's playing uh, at a super high level on the women's side. They actually went to the NCAA tournament last year. Uh, they were the five seed. No, uh, five or seven. Let me think. I think they might have been the five seed last year, uh, but they could have even been seventh. But anyway, to say all that, uh, they are in third place right now. They're on fire. They're playing really well. Uh, and they play Colorado State, which is a rival, so always a big game, uh, their last home game. Uh, and then I got Fresno State and Coach Hudson uh, playing against Coach uh, Linder at Wyoming as well. Uh, Fresno was in the tournament conversation early, just hadn't been able to quite turn the page. Um, but, yeah, that'll be a good good last two games for me. I got one tonight and one Saturday, and it's a wrap. Season awesome. one is uh, official. Well, we got some we got some postseason coming to Birmingham here. I'm excited. I'll be at the Gulf South uh, Conference Tournament uh, at Pete Hanna Arena at Samford uh, this weekend. And then the following weekend, the SWAC Conference Tournament is here uh, at Bartow Arena at UAB's campus. So wow. very excited to check out. I love conference tournaments. I love watching conference you tournaments. Not? It's the best time. Absolutely. So I will be in attendance at both of those um so looking forward to it man the best time of the year we'll be back same time same place next week um your semi-regular updates on the <laughs> carousel uh holler at us the tip line is always open and uh, we'll see you guys next week